0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. It seems like the more the liberal government tries to handle The burgeoning SNC-Lavalin scandal, the more trouble it gets into. Yesterday, the prime minister apologized to the former justice minister. And for me, that raised more questions than ever. Like, what exactly was he apologizing for? He said that he didn't defend her soon enough. What? Uh... Did that mean he didn't defend her from the whispers that allegedly came out of his office, that she was difficult, that she was not a team player? Was that another example of what is currently known as mansplaining? And what about his own assertion that if there was a problem, she should have come to him directly and she did not. Therefore, it was her fault. Then there are the further revelations in the Globe and Mail that, Jody Wilson-Raybould, who appeared at Cabinet this week, told them that she felt there was improper pressure on her and that apparently Trudeau met with her on the subject after the director of prosecutions had already decided not to offer the company the so-called deferred remediation, the route to avoid criminal charges so what does it all end up to why isn't it going away will it go away i'd like your opinion the numbers to call 416-360-0740 toll free one 866 740 and right now let's go to charlie angus who is the ndp mp in Timmins, james bay hello charlie
2: hey thanks for having me back on the show
1: thanks for coming back on the show so uh Uh, Where are we at with this thing? It just seems to be getting worse.
2: Well, I I don't remember a scandal like this where people are stopping me on the street and saying, what's going to happen next? Like it's some kind of Netflix binge series. Uh, (laughs) The reality is we have to go back to the root question, which is, You know, we have a company with a hugely long track record of corruption, allegations, and bribery, uh, barred by the World Bank, but given complete insider access to all manner of government contracts. A law was rewritten and slipped into an omnibus bill that would have gotten the get-out-of-jail card. But when the public prosecution office decided not to go there... There was apparently a major pressure campaign on Jody Wilson Rabel, on the Justice Department to cave. And being the just, Jody Wilson Rabel is not being allowed to speak on what that pressure was. And the fact that Jerry Butts, the other, one of the key players in this, has, you know, been hightailed it out of Ottawa, but they're not bringing him forward as a witness, this hangs on the Prime Minister, and it hangs on his credibility, and it's having a hugely corrosive effect, I think, on the reputation of Justin Trudeau. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it happened, I think it's having a hugely positive uh, effect on the reputation of Jody Wilson-Raybould.
2: Well, yesterday we saw something that I've never, ever seen in Parliament, where... You know, the former attorney general stood up not once, but twice on a point of order on the motion that I brought forward for an independent public inquiry and said she was not able to vote to exercise her work as a parliamentarian because she's being held under this solicitor client privilege and she wants to speak her truth. And she's talked about speaking truth to power. And just down from her was the prime minister who was standing up to vote. You know, the client, uh, who was. Killing this independent investigation, so people have been, I think, very taken aback by the dignity that Jody wilson Rabel has been showing about this, her determination, but also Justin Trudeau is looking really measly and kind of mean-spirited. Uh, like he left her sitting outside the cabinet office room for two hours. The other day, while they debated whether to let her in the room, that to me sends a really bad message to women. It sends a, in the indigenous communities I represent, man, that's that's sending off major alarm bells. Mr. Trudeau is not handling this very well.
1: Well, a, a couple of things there. I mean, my understanding that she said she didn't vote because the, these votes uh, of, were about her directly. Uh, so I think that shows integrity, but yeah. uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure that for that particular one I would, I would blame Trudeau. But yes, she wants to speak her truth. But on the other hand, uh, there's a lot of noise there. I guess on Parliament. Um, but on the other hand it, it it seems a little strange that she uh she's first she appeared before cabinet then she appeared before caucus she's still sitting on the front benches and um I don't know what about that that looks very odd to me
2: Well she may be still sitting on the front benches out of respect as a former cabinet minister but uh what's really troubling is that she sits in Parliament, every single day during these debates about her, and she's looked increasingly, I think, frustrated. And Canadians are frustrated. So this again goes back to the Prime Minister. If there's nothing to hide, then she should be allowed to speak. If there's nothing to hide, then Gerald Butts and the key PMO staff who are meeting with SNC and also with the Justice Department should be compelled to speak. So this is going to carry on. I think that the Prime Minister has been really doing things ad hoc. Every day there's a different excuse, a different strategy. Those strategies are all failing right now. So, you know, the truth will set you free, as they used to say to me in Sunday school. So I think that's where he's got to go.
1: Well, interesting. Is it because uh, his right-hand man uh, uh, is gone, Gerald Butts, who resigned on Sunday? Also, usually if somebody resigns, they say, okay, this is my fault. I'm taking the fall and I'm gone. But he said, I did nothing wrong.
2: Well, this is the other extraordinary element of this. I mean, Gerald Butts propelled Prime Minister Trudeau from the moment when he was... We remember back when Justin Trudeau was the sport critic. Now, there's not a lot of call for sport critics in government, but in opposition. He was in the third party, sitting in the very last row was a sport critic. He got involved with Jerry Butts, who was the architect of the Sunnyways revolution who propelled him in that incredible election with that incredible messaging and imaging And for him to jump ship is a major loss for the government. But you would have thought they would have gained something from it. But he says he did nothing wrong. They don't seem to be explaining anything. And they said he'd be free to speak and defend himself, but they won't allow him to come as a witness. So Justin has just lost his right hand um, to no obvious benefit to to quelling this crisis.
1: I mean, there have been polls. I mean, this is interesting. When this first happened, I was wondering, is this going to have resonance with, uh, you know, regular people who are going about their business and not following every little thing that happens on Parliament Hill? Uh, And I wasn't sure. But now, I mean, what seems to be coming out of it is that a lot of people, I think nearly 50 percent, according to polls, think the Liberals did something wrong.
2: Well, I think what happens with governments is there's a, you know, a, a a first problem and a second problem. And Canadians are pretty patient. They don't, you know, jump to conclusions. But when a picture begins to emerge, they do. So, you know, you have a situation with KPMG that was accused of setting up an offshore tax fraud for multimillionaires, billionaires, uh, and they all got off. Uh, there was no, um, you know, legal implications. Imagine any of your listeners trying to get away with not paying their tax. Um, and the Liberals appointed a key, key KPMG insider, to the Liberal Party. Uh, then we had, you know, the Stelco and the Sears pensioners losing their pensions, and they didn't step in, but, you know, Morneau Chapelle, the family business, the finance minister, was given the contract. So people start to see a pattern. Are they looking out for their friends? Are they looking out for insiders? And this SNC scandal is such a, it just it just stinks that, you know, Really, really powerful people charged with corruption have that much access to the Prime Minister's office. What gives? And that's what I think you cross the line with ordinary Canadians when that kind of picture emerges. And that's very damaging to so Justin Trudeau, who said he was going to do politics differently. And people really, really believed him.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's take a call from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill.
0: Well, this is truly a house of cards coming down. And I knew this government was going to crash and burn at some point. But this, to me, is Epic, epic in Canadian uh, politics. You remember Mike Duffy? And this is also going to take down the mainstream media with them too. Remember Mike Duffy? They had 20 reporters in the courtroom to to just go out and and attack the Conservatives. Look at this. This is the worst thing that's ever happened in Canadian politics. And the mainstream media is basically almost indifferent to it.
1: Oh, I don't know, Bill, you know, on that note, I don't know what you're talking about, because it's the mainstream media that broke the story, the Globe and Mail. And uh, uh, every mainstream thing that I look at, and I look at all of them, and I consider us pretty mainstream as well. So, uh, not quite the Ottawa Insider thing is covering this hugely. So, uh, I, I, you're just you're just wrong on that. But on your uh, your theory about that this could bring him down, that you know we'll we'll wait and see. But uh, you know that the mainstream media is totally all over this. Uh, Bill, uh, you think that this will get them defeated in the next election?
0: Uh, well, I'm not sure. This guy is Teflon after all the things that he's done. The incompetence from the government. What's happening out in Alberta? You know, yesterday, what, they travel from Alberta to, to Parliament Hill. They won't even speak to them. They start calling these, these decent, hardworking people. They start calling them racist and white supremacist and things like this. I've had enough of this narrative in this country. I've had enough of liberals and Trudeau lecturing me as to what's wrong with me. You know what's wrong with this country? It's people like Trudeau, and it's people like politicians like that, that are destroying and dividing this country. That's the problem.
1: Okay, Bill, thanks for that. Uh, And uh, we're going to bring in Rob Nicholson. Before we do, uh, Charlie Angus, what would you like to leave us with on this?
2: Well, I I think, you know, that uh, at the end of the day, what's damaging and corrosive is people's trust in the system. You know, I don't have anything against Justin Trudeau personally. Uh, I think people believe that he would give a better, uh, uh, a more positive government, and he's failing in that because he's looking after his friends, and that's not acceptable, and that has to be held accountable. As for Mike Duffy, oh, you, That was one of the dodgiest scams I think I've ever seen, and I think people like Mike Duffy don't represent public uh, interest either. But we can do better, and there are good people from different parties, and we just have to hold this kind of insider access. We have to hold it accountable.
1: Okay, Charlie Angus, thanks so much. Thank you. <clears throat> Okay. Uh, Now we are going to bring in Rob Nicholson, and he is the conservative justice critic. Hello, how are you?
3: Hi, how are you?
1: I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm
3: actually, I'm a former attorney general, but Lisa Raitt is now, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, Yeah, at least a rate is actually the new justice critic for the Conservative Party. But uh, I uh, was justice minister for six and a half years and spent uh, about three years on the Justice Committee.
1: Okay, well, sorry for that. But uh, yes, we know you're a former attorney general. So what do you make of this?
3: Well, it's quite surprising the the whole thing. I mean, it's uh, there's a fine line between uh, the, the role of the attorney general and the minister of justice. We combine them in this country, but the attorney general's job is to. Uh, look after the criminal justice system, the public prosecution, extraditions, and all those. And that's separate and apart from the Justice uh, Department and the Justice Minister's role. And uh, this is something that's apparently gotten blurred and or that uh, cabinet ministers or the uh, Prime Minister and his staff uh, don't understand.
1: Uh, okay, but how, uh, how damaged... Sorry, how damaging do you think this whole thing is to the Liberals at this point?
3: I think this is terrible. I mean, uh, there's an article in the Globe and Mail today saying that... uh she was. Uh, she believed that it was improper for officials in the prime minister's office to press her to help SNC-Lavalin out oh, of its legal difficulties. She's absolutely correct. I mean, there's no question uh, about that. She was pressured. If she would, and we have to give her the opportunity to speak, and uh, I'm very disappointed. The prime minister, if he says that didn't happen, well, just you know, waive any uh, solicitor-client privilege he believes he has and let her speak
1: okay and uh, w- what about uh, the changing story on the part of the Liberals how is that playing yeah. out you know something this is the,
3: the thing that has really kept us uh, uh, on the on the websites and on the news and on the media uh, all of this can, can changes every day I mean just getting a couple of days ago Gerald butt saying he's uh, he's quitting because he, he's innocent or he did nothing well you know that makes no sense to, to people and even the Prime Minister says if he, he didn't do anything. They didn't put any pressure on her. and uh, But he's not going to waive uh, what he believes is solicitor-client privilege. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. If, if nobody pressured her, well, yes, let her talk. Let her by all means. And uh, that's what, exactly what they should do. But this is why Canadians are so suspicious.
1: And how important is it that this is a Quebec... Company and uh, the Liberals have had a lot of previous problems emanating from Quebec, and a lot of people feel that Quebec gets a better deal.
3: You know the question is the appropriateness around the charges that have been leveled at this com- this company, and uh, it's appropriate that everybody has who has a role understands what their role is. And it sounds to me like uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould understands her role as Attorney General. Uh, it's um, before the courts, and it's completely inappropriate that if anybody, the Prime Minister, anybody on his staff, anybody in his government here put uh, uh, put pressure on uh, the Attorney General. It's completely inappropriate, and uh, regardless of who or where the company or whatever the charges are, it's not something that uh, our system can tolerate.
1: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And what do you think the fallout is? I was uh, frankly a little surprised last week there were polls which showed that, you know, a, a lot of Canadians, 47% or something, think the Liberals have done something wrong. What do you think the impact of that will be in an election year?
3: Well, obviously, as a conservative, I hope, I hope it does have an impact, but uh, it's built on a, you know, on a continuing narrative about uh, this government here and uh, the failures that it's had. But uh, I think this is particularly serious, and uh, I think that they should do the right thing and say to Jody Bolson-Raybould, tell us what you know or what happened, happened to you. It's not enough to say we're not going to allow you to talk, and, uh, but we'll keep talking and we'll keep making statements.
1: And what is her future in the Liberal government?
3: You know something? It shouldn't be held against her if she is doing what uh, she believes to be correct. And if, as the the papers are reporting, she actually did do the, do the right thing, that should not be held against her in the future.
1: Okay, I'm going to take a call from Pat in Etobicoke. Hi, Pat. Hi, I have two verses. The first one is, a thief can be trusted some of the time, but a liar can never be trusted. And the second one is, the true story never changes. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, that's that's a good point. The true story never changes.
3: Well, that's that's why we just want to hear the, the true uh, the true story. And uh, if the, the papers are correct, the true story from uh, Jody Wilson Raybould is that she was improperly pressured uh, by. Uh, people in the prime minister's office. And, um, you know, I think I think it's going to come out quite apart from uh, from whatever the prime minister does or says. But uh, I think he should uh, do the right thing and tell her to come out. If, if he's at odds with her, then let's let's hear it.
1: OK, Rob Nicholson, thanks so much for being with us.
3: My pleasure. Take care now.
1: Okay, you too. I'm going to uh, bring in Adrian Batra, Editor-in-Chief of the Toronto Sun. Hi, Adrian. Good afternoon, Libby. Well, is this uh, just, you know, manna from heaven for the Conservatives? Uh, well, it, it's very helpful, certainly, for the
4: Conservatives. But I can tell you, it's very helpful to me in the newspaper business.
1: Yes. <laughs> I got <laughs> a, a, heck a
4: lot of front pages out of just really... I mean, there's so many layers to this Jody Wilson-Raybould story, the lab scam scandal. It's almost hard to keep up. Um, I, I mean, I have one of my reporters and is assigned to this, and it's like, all right, let's do the Daily Tale of the Tape. Like, what's today's excuse? What's today's rationale? What's today's drama? Um, you know, today marks the third week since the Globe and Mail broke this story, Libby, and it, it's not going away from the Prime Minister in spite of Mr. Butts' resignation. In fact, it's perhaps— it's. More questions, and uh, I mean, as we just heard from Mr. Mr. Nicholson, this point—the real question is whether or not Prime Minister Trudeau is prepared to um, relinquish her from her uh, from his his privilege of, you know, solicitor-client. We have talked to so many lawyers that are involved in this and understand this in the Constitution, and uh, they all basically have said. Privilege has already been waived, um, so it's a matter of whether she shows up to the committee on Monday, which I suspect she will, and then what is she going to say? That's really the big question. What right about now.
1: her lawyer? How long is it taking him to tell her what she can say? Well, that's a really good
4: question. You know, the former Supreme Court justice is certainly um, well-versed in all of these things, and, and uh, perhaps, Libby, he's already given her his advice and his recommendation, and they're weighing it all out. What I found very telling under the backdrop of what we saw this week with respect to her sitting in the front benches at question period... Wasn't that odd? It was very (laughs) odd. Um, You know, it's almost like uh, the specter of trying to make it look like there is caucus solidarity, but behind the scenes, I mean, our sources, your sources, they're telling us, no, this is not... They're very much divided, and you can actually see that unfolding on social media. You see a number of Liberal MPs, the women in particular tweeting at her and saying, I'm sorry, I wasn't there for you. I support you. I stand with you. I stand with her. Let her speak. uh, A number of liberals are are coming out against the prime minister's office, which frankly is unprecedented. And I think perhaps maybe they feel a little more freedom since Mr. Butts has resigned, um, who, of course, you know, rules that PMO with an iron fist. And so you you see that dynamic. Then you see the The external dynamic of communications on this, the story has changed, as I said, nearly... Every couple of days to every day since this broke three weeks ago, and it's really pretty extraordinary um, for for a prime minister's office that has managed to really skate through a number of other scandals. This one is 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 really sticking to the barnacles. So well,
1: exactly, and and uh, the odd thing about that is that uh, SNC uh they are facing criminal charges still. So I mean, it looks like uh, there there wasn't a. A result that the that the prime minister's office uh, wanted. But one of the things that I thought was really odd was that apology from Justin Trudeau. It was really what we now call mansplaining what he said he didn't defend her enough, yeah. you know, presumably from whispers of what are, is often said about women, the, the, she's difficult. She's, I mean, what the heck was that? And how is yeah. that supposed to make things better? Well, okay. so let's go back to when this story first
4: um, broke and the prime minister was asked and he said he categorically said there was no pressure on the former attorney general. Okay. then the next question is, well, then why was she demoted from her position as AG to Veterans Affairs? Why did that happen? Then suddenly the statement that she issued at that date, you know, shed some light on on what perhaps had happened behind those closed doors okay, so you don't uh you didn't pressure fine then all of a sudden, through various media sources who are friendly to the liberals, you hear all these anonymous comments about her., oh, she's difficult to work with. maybe she didn't understand the file. They very much besmirched her through you know their whisper campaign um, and and then yet this this woman was not allowed to speak I mean she's still held by the client um. Confidentiality. So then finally, Justin Trudeau says on Monday last week that uh, her being in cabinet should speak volumes about her confidence in the government. Okay. And he reminded her, said something about them having a conversation.
1: Yeah, I and thought I thought that might have annoyed the heck and out of her the next too. The she quits cabinet, Libby. Yeah. So I mean,
4: I I think that Miss Wilson Raybould is playing chess while people around her are playing checkers, and they are not able to keep up. Uh, she's she's clearly um, a, a brilliant woman who has been besmirched by an, uh, by all these anonymous sources. So then. Justin Trudeau needs to shore up his sort of feminist bona fides, and then he apologizes for allowing that to happen. Well, it's a bit disingenuous and a bit too late um, because the damage was done. I mean, they got their message out. They wanted the message out that she was difficult, and that she was. Then they wanted to dismuster her. Well, they succeeded. Um, And frankly, that is completely, um, you know, offside. And and I only put it in this context. There's three things that Justin Trudeau said. You know, when he was running for prime minister, when he was running uh, in 2015, he said he's a feminist. He said he's going to reestablish good and proper relations with our indigenous and aboriginal community. And he is going to do government differently, open and transparent. Right now, he's kind of three strikes are out on all measures.
1: OK, so uh, where do we go from here on this? Does it just get worse? Yeah, I think that
4: this is one of those sorts of situations where it's it's they perhaps saw a little glimmer of hope um a couple of days ago Libby when when uh Ray Bold showed up and uh she sat with them and then she caucused and she talked to them uh but then she says I need to speak my truth. Well, what will that mean? So that's the next step here. We uh will find out Monday if that privilege is waived. I suspect it won't be. And Maybe she shows up to committee on Monday and says nothing. And if she shows up to committee on Monday and says nothing, then this really takes a lot of uh, air out of the uh, story for for the opposition. Um, but I don't think that will be the end of it. I, I think Ms. Wilson-Raybould has something to say. And uh, so I think this will perhaps be one of the first time In a long time, maybe since sponsorship or maybe since, you know, Duffygate, that uh, a lot of people are going to be paying attention to a parliamentary committee. So let's wait and see.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up on uh, this one. But, Adrian, before I let you go, yes. uh, after the break, we're going to be talking about provincial politics. And they seem to ha- be having a big problem with this autism thing. Uh, the premier has suspended Randy Hillier. He says it was a misunderstanding. Uh, is, is, is this uh, a bad situation for Doug Ford's government? Well, it's, I think for any government, the issue with autism
4: is, is a very sensitive one. It's a very hard, challenging um, issue. And there's emotion so high on both sides of it, but specifically on the issue of uh, expelling Randy Hill, or uh, you know, suspending, suspending Randy him. Hillier, I mean, my sources are telling me this is, this is not an expulsion, that he is certainly on the path to, to be able to come back to caucus. It will be a decision that caucus makes. Um, there still seems to be a misunderstanding as to who he directed his yada, yada, yada at. Uh, was it at the parents? Was it at the NDP um, MPP? So this is still. A a bit of a question mark. We certainly know one thing about Randy Hillier. He is not shy to take on his own party. He is not shy to take on uh the media or anybody. Um and and he is a very vocal outspoken person even against his own members of uh his own caucus. I don't know if this is one of those sorts of situations where it's um, you know, sort of uh, the, Going to be a long term issue for him. I suspect him and Premier Ford will have a conversation, and then he will be uh, you know, welcomed back into the uh, into the fold. Uh, but uh, I, there, there's no great answers here. I know that there's a lot of people that feel that the government has has messed up the file. There's a lot of questions with respect to what happened with Minister McLeod a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, with those third, with the uh, with the uh, autism groups that she was meeting with. I think they made it clear in the House, you know, that they are really focused on clearing up that wait time. They're focused on, you know, ensuring that the funding goes directly to the to the child. This is a tough, tough file, and no government seems to be able to really uh, get
1: it right. Okay, Adrian Batra, thanks so much for being with us. Always a pleasure, Libby. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. All right, Uh, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about provincial politics, and that suspension, and what does it all mean? Is this just uh, the silly season for all levels of government? Uh, we will be hearing your take on that when we return. Before we go to break, the numbers to call 416 toll-free 866 740 and we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.